הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים של רנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר קדושים אשר בארץ המה ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מכל חוכמה רבנו נחמן פגם את שמחה נענח נחמן נחמן אומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן וברוך השם today we start a new uh, section in שיחות הר"ן סימן ד' section 4 a beautiful חידוש רבנו is going to give us about something very practical very applicable to each and every person something very deep might be hard to hear um, but pay attention and have an open heart and mind because what he's going to say here are very deep secrets and very practical advice for anyone who wants to have a truly good and happy life <laughs> look what he's going to say here and it's going to be a shorter podcast today we're just going to do one section but uh, it's pretty packed and it's pretty deep so let's stick with it סימן דלת. עכשיו בעיתים הללו קשה מאוד מאוד שיהיה מעות לאיש קשח. רבנו gives us a line, bold line like this. Pay attention, look what he says. Now, בעיתים הללו, in these times, קשה מאוד מאוד. It is very very difficult. And look at the language רבנו is using. Twice. רבי נתן is writing the word מאוד מאוד twice. It is very very difficult. That an upright man, that an upright man, a, a, a holy person, should have money. <laughs> Meaning, what a good amount of, a, a lot of wealth. Rabbanu is telling you like this. It is very difficult for a Jew to be truly upright and to have lots of money. This is a chidush that Rabbanu speaks about a lot in the Kutim Go to multiple lessons. Go to lesson 23 in Likutei Moran, specifically lesson 60. There's a small lesson in Likutei Moran that actually describes this inyan perfectly. Rabbeinu says, uh, in the name of the Magid Mezrich. The Magid Mezrich was once giving a chidush. The Magid Mezrich was the main student of the Bar Shem Tov. The Magid Mezrich said like this, It's impossible that there should be, It's impossible that there should be Gdula, meaning greatness in Torah, and Ashirut and wealth in the same place. Uh, the Magid Medrash says like this, it's impossible that a man should have both of them at the same time. Why? Because we know that it says in the Gemara, in the Gemara, I believe in, I forget where, could be Baba Kama, that a person who faces north when he prays, which is to the, uh, what do you call, to the, uh, um, the left, when he prays, he's Amidah and he faces left, Essentially, he's, um, he draws uh, wealth because we know that the wealth comes from the left side, the Gashmiut. And it says, Bismona Osher Vechavod. On the left, there was wealth and honor. So we know in the Gemara it says, pray to the, towards the left, if you, uh, facing a little towards uh, north, if you want to take money, because we know in the Beit HaMikdash, the Shulchan, uh, what do you call it? The Shulchan was in the north part of the Beit HaMikdash. And in the south part was what? The Menorah. So what did it say in the Gemara? Face south if you want wisdom. Because south is the Inyan, which is the right side, which is um, Torah. So if you want Torah, pray towards the right. So Rabbeinu says like, the Magid Mezrich says like this, and Rabbeinu brings in the name of the Magid Mezrich. And he says what? The Magid used to say, it's impossible to attain greatness in Torah and wealth in the same place. Or very, very difficult, simply because they're two opposite directions. So you can't be in both directions at the same time. 
The Magid Imagine says the only caveat is a person who has no place at all. Meaning a person who's at the ultimate degree of humility where there is no place. Because a person's so humble, you cannot say that a person who's humble, he, uh, he, he's what do you call it? He's limited to a certain place. A person who's humble has no place. He's everywhere. He's humility. He's ultimately nothing. And because he's nothing, he's everywhere at the same time. And essentially the person who's completely humble is in the aspect of what we call Ayn, nothingness, who's in Bitur, who's nullified to Hashem in Ba'a, to the highest degree, can be in both places, in the right and the left at the same time. That's really basically one person is a tzaddik of the generation, a very awesome tzaddik. The holy of the tzaddik, a very holy tzaddik can be in both places at the same time because his bitul, his humility is so big that essentially he um, can both have wealth and he can both have Torah. And this we see in history that Moshe Rabbein was very wealthy and he was obviously the tzaddik of the generation. We see this with Avraham, Yitzhak and Yaakov, the Avot, our forefathers. We see this with Rabbi Udan Asi, the author of the Mishnah. The person who wrote sorry, the person who wrote down the Mishnah, um, the Mishnayot. We see this in multiple places. We see this with Yisachar, the son of Yaakov, who was very wealthy. We see this with many places that there are tzaddikim in history who had lots of money, and who had were outstanding scholars and tzaddikim. But Rabbeinu says nowadays, it's almost impossible to do this, simply because today we've fallen so low and wealth has fallen so low that. Who's really at the degree that they can say that they know how to use the money to the highest degree possible, to the, holy, to the holiest way possible? Money is one of the biggest tests. Money is one of the tests that a person does not want to fall into. And it's difficult to say because everybody needs a living. And of course, it's very tempting to have more money because you live a more comfortable life. But of course, the Gemara says, One who increases uh, possessions increases worries. So it's not so simple. And you shouldn't think that just because you have more money, it's more comfortable because essentially you're built with a you're hit with a bigger test. How to use the money? Do I give more money to myself, my house, to have a nicer house, or do I give it to for more charity? You see, there's become very big questions as to how to use the money properly. And of course, the the less holy you are, the more the money is at uh, at risk of being used for impurity. Rabbanu says today to be a truly upright person, it's very difficult to have money. That if a person's truly upright, it's very difficult for him to have money. Because a person needs to undergo an extreme descent, an extreme fall before he receives the money. Money comes from the place of the left side. And the left is a place of falling. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you have it. That's what Rabbeinu says. And look in lesson 12 for this idea of uh, Rabbeinu, how the tzaddik sometimes has to fall into an aspect of lolishma When he studies his Torah, sometimes he studies against his own will. He studies it against the sake, not for the sake of heaven, so that he can essentially bring down uh, Parnassah to the world. He falls into a place, a small error in a study, so that Hashem can draw down Parnassah through that error in which the tzaddik studies, to draw down uh, livelihood. It's a very deep idea, but essentially the tzaddik has to fall to draw down Parnassah. And this is very deep, essentially. Um, look at the end of lesson 60 for the three things Rabbeinu says, uh, specifically the third thing, which Rabbeinu speaks about money. How Rabbeinu says that the world says the tzaddik, I met doesn't, the tzaddik doesn't need money. Because what is the point? What, what does the tzaddik need money for? If the tzaddik is a tzaddik, he doesn't need money for anything. Because he's, a, he's rid of the desires of this world. What does he need money for? Rabbanu says, but I say contrary to the world. I say that the true tzaddik needs all the money in the world. There's a specific tzaddik who's so lofty, the Inyan of Moshe Rabbanu. We see this with Rabbi Nachman. Rabbanu attained this, idea, this degree, this level of holiness. 
that he said he needed all the money of the world, meaning that he has the ability to rectify all the money. Just like Moshe Rabbeinu had the ability in his generation. And we see this idea um, very rarely throughout history. As we know, Rabbeinu says the biggest test of all the Tavot, um, not the main one, but the, the hardest one to defeat is Tavat Mamon. And now we can begin to, sm at a small degree, understand a little bit why. Even after a person falls greatly from serving Hashem, it's still not uh, certain that he's going to receive money, that he's going to attain money. Because even the wicked people, the people who don't even serve Hashem, they too don't even uh, sometimes receive money, have lots of money. But a truly upright person, it is very, he's very distant from having wealth. Meaning, his nature cannot endure this wealth. He's against it. He cannot have it. He's in a place of Torah, and wealth is in the opposite side, opposite direction. Unless you're at the degree of what we said, the tzaddik, who's in the aspect of Ayn, like Moshe Rabbeinu. Who can say he's Moshe Rabbeinu? Hida, because one has to know. Rabbanu says like this, that since the day the temple was destroyed, wealth has fallen into the depths of the evil realms, into the depths of the evil side. As it says in the verse in Echa, chapter 1, verse 9, she descended a wondrous descent. Or she uh, fell with wonders. Plaim, when we say wonders, Otiot Alafim has the same letters as Alafim, thousands, meaning the thousands of wealth. Meaning that the thousands of wealth have fallen astonishingly. They have fallen super, super low. A wondrous and great descent. Therefore, Therefore, it's certain, it's necessary that a person has to undergo an extreme descent before he gets to a very great wealth or the thousands of cash that he wants. Because what? We know that money, cash, the thousands of wealth have descended extremely low. So to get there, you have to fall very low. And still, you're not assured of getting the money. It's a big safek. It's a big doubt. But a truly upright man, it's very difficult for him to have wealth. And even though we find that there are tzaddikim and upright people that have money, it's still very difficult and heavy. And also that wealth which the tzaddikim have, it still damages their avodat Hashem. If they didn't have that wealth, they could even attain greater levels. Maybe. It damages their service. And also the truth is, even though they have a little bit of wealth, they do not have, nonetheless, they still don't have this great and awesome uh, wealth that is all set out for them. It's not a massive amount in comparison to all the others. Just like the, the uh, people who aren't close to God, those who are very far who have tremendous amounts of wealth, thousands and tens of thousands that are of cash and things that are readily available. Because nowadays, it's become very difficult and heavy that upright people should attain wealth.
Rabbeinu is giving us an, extra, an, an essential, very difficult maybe to hear for some people, but an essential piece of advice that is a wake-up call for each and every one of us to remind us that what's the purpose of why we are here? To run after money? Or is it to return back to our source? And if Rabbeinu is telling us that money in itself, running after too much money can damage our service for Hashem, we have to find our priorities and to manage our priorities, to understand where we should be running with, where should our attentions be. Not to say that Hashem shouldn't send us a livelihood that is good so that we can have a house, we can do the things that we need to do to, per, per, to serve Hashem Yitbarach, but not for, our, uh, not for our own benefits, our own honors, our own things, for our own ulterior motives, God forbid. Before I get to this, uh, maybe there's a beautiful story in Chaya Moran I remember reading that um, a student came to Rabenu once asking him if he, could, uh, if he should take the profession of a school teacher. And Rabenu responded, absolutely not. We know Rabenu was against three sorts of professions. One was a school teacher. The second one was being a shochet, a ritual slaughterer. And the third one was being a chassid, uh, like a pious person in a small town, because a person can easily fall into pride. Those were the three things Rabenu said a person should not be. But... Rabenu says, don't be a school teacher, better be a merchant. Just make sure that when you go to work, that you should basically verbally scorn this world, verbally uh, rebuke the world. Say how much you, you, are de you despise this physical world. Because Rabenu is essentially telling us it's very dangerous when you go out to work. When you go out to go earn money, you're descending essentially. You're going down to a place of darkness. That's That's obvious. You are not in the Beit Midrash. You're not studying Torah. You're essentially dealing with people. You, there's tests of anger. There's lots of deep things that are happening. There's, and because money, Rabbanu speaks of, he says money is so high in its source, that the source of money is so lofty. It comes from the same place of where the souls of the Jewish people are drawn from. Therefore, the test of money is so big. So, of course, it descends so low because the Gashmiut, when money descends level by level and it's Hishtar Shirut and it's devolution from the highest place and then it goes down level to level and it's to the point where Rabbanu says it descended down into the depths, meaning to Allah, the thousands of wealth descended super, super low. It's a course that whenever a person goes to work, essentially, he is um, tested and um, it's, in a, it's a big fall for him. But nonetheless, we have to be careful that when we go out to work, we make sure that why we are doing this. It's essentially to, be dis to despise this physical world. We're doing it to do whatever rectifications we need to do. But because Hashem wants us to be there, but not uh, for any of our own ulterior motives, this, that. We have to be very careful with regard to this. Verbally scorn the world before you go out to work. And with that, Bezrat Hashem, a person can protect himself from the damages that God forbid, can easily, a person can easily fall into when he goes uh, to engage in earning a livelihood. And that which they say, in the name of my grandfather, Rabbi Nachman Horadenker, may his memory be a blessing, that he used to say on the saying of the sages, as it says in, the, uh, in Mishle, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16, Length of days in its right, um, in her right side. Uh, and we know that on the left side, there is osher uh, There is wealth and honor. But the Rabbi Nachman Horadenko used to say something on this phrase. It's bottom the Gemara Shabbat. The Amur Rabbi Nachman say on this phrase in Mishle. 
אין לגמר השבת. אורך ימים איכא, אושר וכבוד לקא, ואז כאילו רקורט רטורקו קוושן אובר דן לגמרא. That if, um, on the right, um, what do you call, that if in the Torah you have length of days, then all the, that, uh, if the Torah possesses length of days, it doesn't possess uh, honor and wealth, meaning what? The Gemara asks, essentially, that if it possesses length of days, shouldn't also possess honor and wealth because honor and wealth is something lower than length of days. Length of days is much higher. It's a very awesome thing. It's much bigger than wealth and honor. So if it possesses length of days, shouldn't it encompass also wealth and honor as well? If the Torah possesses length of days, gives a person length of days, shouldn't it also give a person wealth and honor? And the Gemara answered basically, yes. All the more so, a person who has Torah should also receive honor and wealth aside from length of days. And Rabbi Nachman Horadenker says comments on the way the Gemara explains this. Rabbi Nachman Horadenker says, may, his memory, may the memory of this tzaddik be a blessing. He says, that the saying of the sages when they say, that yes, all the more so, a person who has Torah should receive honor and wealth. Rabbi Nachman Horadenker said, it's only in all the more so. Meaning what? It's only this terminology of all the more so. What does that mean? It's a logical thing, Rabbi Nachman saying. It's only logical. Meaning that it's certainly a kalvechomer. It's certainly we can derive from the idea that Torah, because it possesses um, length of days, that of course it should possess honor and wealth, which is something lower. Okay, it's logical, Rabbi Nachman Horadenker saying. It's kalvechomer. All the more so we can understand this idea. We can derive from that for the fact that Torah gives you something so lofty, of course it gives you something even lower that, that is encompassed within that thing which is so great. Okay. All the more so that those people who have the Torah, it's fitting for them to have wealth and honor. But it's not explicitly uh, uh, stated. Meaning, well, it's not, we don't see this happen literally. Meaning what? Even though it makes sense, logically, we do not see this in uh, real time. Because nonetheless, even though it's true, we see that Tamid Chachamim don't have this readily available thousands of dollars and they don't have lots of money. Why? Because even though the Gemara says this, even though it's fitting for the Chachamim to uh, have wealth, the Tzadikim to have wealth, nonetheless, Rabbi Nachman Horadankar says, yes, it's logical, but it doesn't mean that it's, uh, what do you call it? That this is what happens because essentially... Uh, um, it's very difficult. And this is what Rabbi Nachman is explaining with regard to his piece above in Sikhot Aran, um, with regard to this idea. Rabbeinu just explained that the, for to be an upright person, it's very difficult to have wealth. And this is, uh, now we can understand Rabbi Nachman Horadenker's statement, Rabbi Nachman's grandfather's statement with regard to what Rabbeinu just taught us in Sikhot Aran. Um, that's it for today. We'll continue next podcast with uh, Siman Hey.